Oh, girl, this is a true story. My fingertips actually hurt the velocity with which I was banging on the keyboard typing the notes for this. One of my keys like flipped up, like the end just flipped. It's true. It's all loose now. I have more pages of notes on this than I have for any other documentary, I think. God. Should we give our content warning now? Yeah, you guys, like, look, this athlete A is really rough. It's all about sexual abuse of minors, and it was really, really hard to watch, though it's a great documentary. We, as always, girl, right, we're going to be very delicate with how we say things. Yes. We're going to be the least triggery possible, but just so you know, the mm. content is terrible. We're going to do our best, but the subject matter sucks. Yeah. We should just record one content warning that <laughs> says that. The subject matter sucks, but we are going to try our best, and we're here for you, and we love you. Exactly. Um, you guys, before we get to the show, just a quick reminder, if you want to laugh, if you really want to like break out of the rut of this awfulness and you want to laugh, join Jillian and me on the Patreon. Over 150 full bonus episodes to download a binge right this second. We are in the middle of the vow on HBO oh. about that weird cult Nexium. I got to tell you, girl, this is a great series. It's so good. Mike is a little worried that I'm so obsessed with the cult. He's like, you're yeah. starting. You're, it's your own cult about the cult. I am so down this rabbit hole. I spent like way too much time side googling yesterday and just oh, like finding yeah. out I am I am so in I am so in it's so crazy it's so HBO it's so well made yeah. I mean it's terrible also like it's you know right. brutal stuff to watch no it's horrible but we just finished covering Fear City before that we did I'll Be Gone in the Dark another HBO mm-hmm. series that was just incredible you know what's there yeah Tiger King Don't F with Cats The Jinx Making a Murderer all 87 episodes <laughs> give or take <laughs> Menendez Murders Lacey Peterson every case you've ever wanted us to cover it's there on the pates ad free versions of these episodes after parties, ringtones. Yeah, Zoom hangs sometimes. Sometimes we send you stuff in the mail. How about that? When you uh, you get a postcard. I just signed 500 of them today. How about that? All right, girl. What are we talking about today? Uh, athlete A about the gymnasts who were sexually abused by their doctor, Larry Nassar, and other people. This is a horrible, horrible story. Yeah, I mean, it's primarily about the sexual abuse that they suffered, but also like the emotional and physical abuse that they suffered at the hands of Bella fucking Caroli and his dirtbag wife, Marta. You guys, these people are terrible. And terrible. I gotta tell you, if you grew up watching the Olympics like I did, you knew Bella Caroli was a monster. You knew watching it when I was eight years old. I was like, I don't know about that guy. I don't like him, girl. You're saying his name like you know him. Bella Caroli? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, this whole thing is about, like, ladies gymnastics is probably the most popular, like, thing in the Olympics next to maybe, like, ladies figure skating. Or maybe it's just the homosexual in me that thinks that about both of those things. Yeah. But I grew up watching women's gymnastics. It was sacrosanct in my house. When it was on, nothing else was on. Okay. And so, Bella Caroli is like, you know, he was Kim Zemeskel's trainer and Shannon Miller's trainer and Dominique Dawson's trainer. Like, all these girls that I grew up with were wow. fucking browbeaten by this bastard Bella Caroli and you just knew he was a dick. Just looking at the guy, you knew he was a dick. Yeah, I just met him and I was like, oh, I don't like his face. Did. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. I just wanted to call you. I am very nervous talking to you about it, but I think it would help bring justice to the people who have been affected by USA Gymnastics and their policies. This was the most explosive story in several years, yet it was coming out of a small little newsroom. Larry Nasser had been the team doctor for USA Gymnastics Women's Program for 29 years when we got these allegations about him. I was like, does he do this to you? She said, yeah, like he does it to me too. And I said, we need to call the authorities. 
Steve Penny. He said, no, 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 USA Gymnastics will take care of calling the police. USA Gymnastics negotiating with Larry agreed to lie to people and that shows a cover-up. Dealing with an organization that didn't give a rat's ass about children. We were going full bore. NASA wasn't their target. Our target was USA Gymnastics. You are the president of USA Gymnastics. If you receive a complaint of sexual misconduct, do you turn it over to local authorities? No. We love winners in this country, but this notion that we would sacrifice our young to win disgusts us. We were all made so obedient that when we knew there was a sexual abuser, we would never say anything. We felt utterly powerless. So, you know, it opens with, we're going to find out her name is Maggie Nichols. And mm-hmm. she is at the center of this whole thing. And she's wonderful. All these young women are wonderful. They're hard workers. They're just such great kids. And she tells us. Well, I started gymnastics when I was like three years old because I was always climbing out of my crib, you know, climbing on all the furniture and everything. So my parents put me in it just be in a safer environment. When I was young, like my dream was always to go to the Olympics. And so I always had that in the back of my head. I just love gymnastics. I love the drive that it gives me. Something killed me that Maggie said where she was like talking about like how she would like climb out of her crib when she was two or three or whatever. And she says, my parents wanted me to be in a safer environment. So she's saying like it's safer with mats and coaches. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, but we're here because it's not safe. And that killed me. I didn't get that until the second time through. And then, oh, my God, that hit me like a ton of bricks. It killed me. Because that's the thing. Like, as parents, you're young kids. You just want them to be interested in stuff. And then they are. And you go and you try to, like, further that interest by putting them around people who know better than you do. And there's so much blind trust that goes along with parenting that, like, we can't fucking do anymore. You just can't do it. And the thing with gymnastics is, like, you know, Maggie's telling us her goal was to be an elite gymnast and when you want to do this I said this on the live what these girls women men kids can do with their bodies is superhuman it's amazing it should be revered but what it takes to get there is really problematic and needs to be stopped so like Maggie wasn't going to school after a while she was homeschooled so that she can be in the gym from a very very young age the gym as long as they will allow her to be there her whole life became gymnastics and Maggie's telling us like with a smile nostalgic like you give up everything and it's great because it's all she really wanted to do. She talks about online school before online school was like the norm. <laughs> yeah. Before online school was that like demon torture device that like all the parents are trying to figure out now. How you doing, girl? You okay? School back no, in girl, session? It's not going great, girl. It's not going well. Okay. Well, not a mother, so not too sure about that. But uh wow. School just started back up again, didn't it? Today. But like, you know, Maggie was like a prodigy. She was the only 10-year-old to compete at nationals. Like this elite gymnast thing is a real thing that's not like a thing anyone can say they are like you have to like be selected and when you are an elite gymnast you are on track to go to the olympics like that's the track that you get on right so now we're at indianapolis 2019 oh my god and we meet steve berta he's the investigations editor at the indianapolis star we're at like the indianapolis star this newspaper that is about to crack this story wide fucking open and like this is one of the things that makes this documentary so great is that it's of course the story of these young girls and what they suffered and how they sort of like overcame it, but it's also the story of this like little newspaper and these like reporters who get the story. It's it's kind of amazing to see. Yeah, and Steve's like when we started reporting on the initial story, this was really the most explosive story that the USA Today network has had in several years. Yet it was coming out of 
the sticks, you know? It was coming out of a small little newsroom. Do people think the fucked up shit can't happen in the sticks? Isn't that where most of the crazy shit happens? In the sticks? No, it's Beverly Hills. It's always like murder never happens at Beverly Hills, says O.J. Simpson, says the Menendez brothers. (laughs) But but I'm saying like, oh, like when you're like drive or on a road trip and you see like a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, those are demons in there? Either like actual spiritual demons or just like the meanest people ever torturing other people. Like that's a serial killer house. So to me, I'm like, the sticks are scary because give me the buildings where everyone can see me and I can see every, like, I don't want to, like to me, the cities are not scary. I gotta give it to myself here because I want to do it throughout, but this is about to get really dark. You guys, this like Indianapolis Star newspaper, like the headquarters is where they do the reporting and they make the newspapers. So we get all of these scenes of the papers being made. What's it for? Burning. Once and for all, da 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 Won't stop turning. Look, I'm a Newsies purist, movie or bust. Kenny Ortega, I know, let's go. I'm the same, but it, it's just awesome, you guys. Like, support your local newspapers. Yes. So, we learned from this guy, Steve, that, like, the U.S. Gymnastics Association, like, the thing that, like, produces the women's gymnastics team and the men's, like, for the Olympics, is in Indianapolis. And this guy's like... USA Gymnastics was an organization in this town but I really didn't know a lot about what was going on behind the scenes. So, you know, what that culture was like was new to me. And uh, and we sort of were plunged into it. Like, it's not a very glamorous thing right. until we get to this, like, 2016. The U.S. Olympic team was historic. These women were truly amazing. These women and girls. But, yeah. like, the voiceover guys, like... Every four years, it's our time to shine. Our moment when the toughest sport in the world takes its rightful place in the world's biggest stage. Every four years starts right now. Every four years starts (laughs) right now. And I'm like, calm down. So what happens is that it's August 2016. It's going to be the Olympics in Rio. So while the Rio Olympics are like underway, all of a sudden there's this explosive reporting from the Indy Star. They're breaking a story of like sexual abuse from the U.S. Gymnastics Association. And it's all happening at the same time. Right. And this is where we meet reporter Marissa, who I love. She works for the Indy Star and she was working on this investigation about failures to report sexual abuse in schools. And so as I was looking at a broader piece on why does this seem to keep happening? Why do people not report as they're required to do, a source suggested that I look at USA Gymnastics and how they handle sexual abuse allegations. Girl, you think that's bad? Check out USA Gymnastics because they're the actual worst. So Marissa finds this lawsuit involving what they call a predatory coach who moved around from gym to gym. Like there were all these warning signs. Who was moved around. So it wasn't like he moved himself. This is the same thing with the Catholic Church and the priests. Like they find out that there's a problem and rather than firing the fucking coach, they just move him to another gym. Right. And these reports, like everyone knew. USA Gymnastics, they knew... And that's why he was being moved around. And one report on file says, This coach needs to be put in a cage before he rapes somebody. Holy shit. Yeah. So we meet reporter Mark, who I really love. Yeah, me too. Mark is one of those like reporters that like as the story gets bigger and bigger, he cannot believe it. At one point, he is like yeah. fighting back tears. Like this guy's really feeling it. I really love him. Yeah, me too. But they get access to a deposition of this guy named Steve Penny, who was the CEO oh. of the USA Gymnastics from 2014 to whenever. And in this deposition, which we see, by the way, the FBI or the police or whatever are asking him. If you receive a complaint of sexual misconduct, whether it be by a professional member or anyone that has a membership with USAG, 
Do you turn it over to local authorities? No. We don't turn over a complaint. So think about that. When there are accusations of sexual misconduct within the organization, he is saying they don't turn it over to the authorities. They dismiss them as hearsay unless they were expressly signed by a victim or a victim's parent or a key eyewitness who was actually there. This is the policy. Yes, exactly. So, But it gets worse. It gets worse. So USA Gymnastics had sexual abuse files on 54 coaches. Not 54 instances of abuse. 54 coaches who were doing this abuse. We need to shut down gymnastics. I'm sorry. When you have 54 in one fucking place, you shut down gymnastics. Am I asking for too much? No. And again, it's 54 people. I know. Not 54 cases. No. 54 different coaches. And no one just does this once. A million percent. So we meet Rachel. Rachel is a former gymnast. And a fucking badass bitch. I am obsessed with Rachel. She's badass. So this like article comes out. The Indie Star, like their investigation is ongoing in the paper. So Rachel is like, I was cleaning my kitchen and I had two babies that were 13 months apart and they were both fussy. And so I had my baby strapped to me. I was wearing her while I cleaned the kitchen and I needed to make a shopping list. So I opened my computer and Facebook was up. And trending in the news section was the headline for the Indie Star article. It's a complete accident that I even saw it. I could completely vividly see the picture. It's of utter chaos. It's, it's utter <laughs> chaos at six o'clock in the morning for Rachel. There's like waffles in the toaster that she forgot to take out from five hours ago. <laughs> yeah. But she's like fucking killing it. So Rachel just like opens her computer. She's like Facebook was on. And what was trending in the news section was this story. And she is like instantly validated by this, which I think is amazing. And she's like, oh, my God. Also, Rachel is like super articulate. She says exactly what she she's like Jillian, but not funny. Like she says everything that she means. (laughs) And like she says it in the least amount of words. And she's just staring. She doesn't even blink. I don't think Rachel blinked in the entire documentary. Well, I would love to go out with Rachel when we're not talking about this. She might be hilarious. You don't know anything about this. She is on a mission right now. That's true. I want to hear Rachel's true crime comedy podcast. I bet it's really good. I bet it's great. Right to the top of the charts. Rachel, girl, do it. Because what she says is she was like. And the first thought was I was right. They've been burying sexual abuse. I was right. And this is it. Now's the time. If it's ever going to come out, it's going to come out now. Oh my God, my first thought was, I was absolutely right. They've been burying abuse. This is it. Now's the time. She like puts the kids down. She's like, hold on a second. (laughs) She fucking grabs that waffle out of the toaster from six hours ago. Yeah, she's like, I got to kick ass right now. Excuse me, everyone (laughs) shut up. I'm Rachel and I got some shit to do. She puts on her cape. Yeah, she just always has it. Like, oh, where'd that come from? Don't worry about it. I'm Rachel. So she emails the Indie Star immediately. And she's like, hey, so here's the thing. I was abused too, but my abuse wasn't done by a coach. Because these are all the 54 coaches, right? Right. And she's like, yeah, it was by this famous doctor. So if they're covering up for these coaches that nobody knows about, they are for sure covering up for the super famous doctor that's on TV all the time, apparently. Yeah, and it cuts back to journalist Mark, who, as I said, just his eyes get wider and wider with every new revelation. That was the first time I had heard there could be something wrong with uh, Larry Nassar. He's like, this is the first I heard there could be something wrong with Larry Nasser because Larry Nasser, we're going to learn, he's like a super prominent member of this like town. He's right. like a doctor at the University of Michigan. He volunteers for the U.S. like women's Olympic team or whatever. Everybody knows Larry Nasser. So now the story has broken in the Indy Star. Yeah. Rachel isn't the only person who comes forward. Right. We meet 
Jessica. Jessica Howard calls reporter Mark. Same story as Rachel. She's nervous. She also does rhythmic gymnastics, which is like the gymnastics with the ribbons and the balls and stuff. And she was the champ. I know. I know she was. Daisy, that's the kind of gymnastics Daisy takes. Oh my God, with the ribbons? Yeah, she takes the rhythmic gymnastics from like a champion named Wendy Hilliard, who was like in the Olympics in the 70s. Oh my God. Is like the coach who designed Daisy's program. I want Daisy with the pins and the balls and the ribbons. Oh my God. But you just yanked her out of gymnastics not two minutes ago, (laughs) right? On this very podcast. Go back and listen to it. No, I shut down all of gymnastics. We don't need it anymore. Sorry, Wendy Hilliard. It's shut down. Until further notice. Until further notice. Until everyone can get their fucking act together. I know. And so we meet Jamie. She's up from the 2000 Olympic team. She's a she's a survivor. And she's she's reading this article and she's like, I was like, wait a minute. This doctor used to do very similar things to me. At that point, I was still scared. But I was thinking if he is a pedophile and I don't do something about it I I can't live with that and so like these women are terrified but they know they need to speak up they want to help their heroes and so we meet John Manley who's a lawyer oh my god this guy is fucking great he's awesome because there are three words he says that really make me go you know what John I like you because (laughs) Jamie Jamie calls him and Jamie's like hey so I just read this story I need a lawyer I'm a survivor too John says three words I believed her I believed her. Thank you, John. Thank you. (laughs) It's not hard, you guys. Almost anybody can say those words. Almost anybody can say it. I got news for you. Everyone can say those words. And one way or another, yeah. you can say it. I don't care if you have to blink them. I know. And he's amazing. I don't know how Jamie found him. I'm like, did you just goog like awesome attorney? And he showed up. And John Manley's like, hi. <laughs> and so he immediately takes Jamie on as a client. Like immediate, like just, he's like, oh, I totally believe you. Yeah, let's work together. But then what he does, he calls the newspaper. He gets my girlfriend, Mark, who yeah. just, Mark just cannot take it. He's sweating, pacing. He doesn't know what he's gotten himself into. John Manley tells Mark about Larry Nasser, and Mark is just like, I I was stunned. I mean, I just thought now this is now we're now we're talking three people and these women didn't know each other. How many more could there be? I was stunned. He's stunned. Now it's three people and these women don't know each other. Like how many could there be? Right. And that's the thing about this reporting is that like they were telling the story of one thing and it opened this can of worms and now they're getting justice for everyone. Right. And we see him. This is like, I uh, I hate watching. I think part of the reason why I don't watch gymnastics is because someone can get so incredibly hurt at any moment and I can't handle it. So I know you just met Bella Caroli earlier today. Yeah. But yeah. this is the bullshit that makes me crazy. So we see some young girl do the vault and she lands and like breaks her knee or whatever and she's hyster- like this is the shit I like I hate it so much she's hysterical and Bella Caroli basically rolls his eyes and shakes his head like yeah. she did a bad vault in his mind not like this girl just destroyed her knee and is in like actual pain on the mat he's like disappointed in her it's just monstrous I don't know how this is allowed right but guess what Larry Nasser is like there and takes her off the floor and this is our like introduction to Larry Nasser. and I'm like great but we like covered all of it fuck him he's like yeah. the doctor for the the, the USA Gymnastics Women's Program for 29 years. He was yeah. like really prominent in the community. And what he does is, I don't know what possessed him to do this, but he posted videos of him treating the athletes. Oh, I know what possessed him to do this. Let me give you my two cents on this because I think they, they say it throughout. We see these videos. He's got this website that's like creepydoctorolympics.com or whatever. No, it's, right. like, it's like howtotreatgymnast.com. Hello and welcome to gymnasticsdoctor.com. This is part of the 
sports medicine tender teaching moments. I call these TTX. Over and over and over, and around and around and around and around and around. It's amazing the number of treatments that these kids will get to keep them healthy enough, sustain them at the world championship level, Olympic championship level that they are. He is, without gloves, so inappropriately touching these young girls on video, on a website, in their, what I would call, bathing suit area, quote, showing you how you can tape up an injury. He's doing it for, as you always say from Hamilton, for plausible deniability. Yeah, yeah. Saying, like, this isn't creepy, this isn't gross, I'm making videos to show how legitimate my therapy is. That's what those videos are. And he's throwing, like, the science words at it, and he's like, oh, the anatomical, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. You guys, I'm talking about like the groin area. It's the crease where your leg meets your groin. Like that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and that's the front side. And then on the back, there's another video where he's like, now I'm going to show you how to do this. Um, this will help for like up the muscles. So to show you, we're going to give her a little bit of a wedgie here. Or a lot of bit of a wedgie, you could say. This girl is 12 years old. And, like, he's right. touching her without gloves on video. Like, right. remember we used to fucking flip tables? Can we flip tables again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, reporter Mark, who I'm obsessed with, goes to Rachel. Remember Rachel? She was the one with the waffle and the five kids. And she yeah. was the first one to respond to the report in the newspaper. To be like, hey, look at this Larry guy. Yes. So, he goes to her house to interview her. And I just have, oh, my God, Rachel has the smallest house I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like an actual <laughs> tiny house. I love her. So, like, he sits down with her and he says, like, why now? Why are you coming forward now? And she says, um, I didn't know a lot when I was 15. But one thing I did know was that abuse victims aren't treated well. They are mocked. They are questioned. They are blamed. They are shamed. And that does incredible damage to the healing process. I wish I could have dealt with it 16 years ago. I don't think I could have, but I can now. I couldn't have dealt with that 16 years ago, but I can now. And if I don't, this monster is going to go on molesting other people. Because, girl, your story wasn't about him. Your story was about the other coaches. I'm bringing this to you because we got to let everybody know. Yeah. There's a whole situation happening with young gymnasts, young girls, and the people in charge. And it's a big big problem. And we also just have a little side note. We get Rachel's backstory here. I'm obsessed with it. She's like, I really wanted to be a gymnast, but like my family couldn't afford it. I didn't get to start until I was 12. She's like, but I was 5'4 when I started. Way too tall, long torso, wrong body type. So I only competed at the club level and the low club level at that. Uh, so I only competed in Michigan. I did it because I loved it. I was not any good. I was basically gorgeous. Like, I was tall and thin and long and slender, but that wasn't good for gymnastics. And so I was, like, clunky on the, like, uneven parallel bars. And so she's like, I competed at the club level. I wasn't very good. But her mom and her siblings are, like, cleaning the gym so she could take classes. Yeah, like, to pay for the gym fees, they would just, like, work and whatever. And she's like, I only did it because I loved it. I was not any good. Meanwhile, they cut to a photo of her. And, like, I don't know anything about anything, but, like, what I assume is completely perfect form. And, like, just, like, flying through the air with the greatest of ease. And I'm like, Rachel, please, like, you're a superstar. Because the thing is, we meet, like, these women were just at the top of this game. Like, the women that we're talking to now, they were girls at the time, but they ended up, you know, we're with Jamie, and Jamie's like, I knew I wanted to be a gymnast when I was three. And she says something that I love. I love hearing women say things like, It was, like, my first love. I loved everything about it. I was crazy. I look back now, and I was chucking triple backs off a mini trampoline into the pit. And I was, only, I was only nine years old. I had no idea how talented I was. I was just, I was just having a good time. I 
had no idea how talented I was. I was just having a good time. For her to acknowledge like, oh, I was excellent at this. Yes. I was yeah. talented. Yeah. And for her to own it, it's so rare for women to say that about themselves, totally. about anything. Especially a survivor saying, I was fucking good. And yeah. I'm like, yes, Jamie. Totally. <laughs> She's unreal. Because we see them in action when they're 15, 13. We see these girls, at the time, girls. I'm going to keep saying girls because yeah. they weren't women at the time. They were kids. And they're unbelievable. But like, you know, she tells us more of this like toxic behavior. She's like, I remember I had the flu. I was literally throwing up for five days straight. And I remember getting weighed and I lost, I think, like six pounds from being sick. And I remember Beth telling me, you know, you lost six pounds. Now we got to figure out how to keep it off. And this is the kind of thing you hear women say all the time. When I heard them say, you got to keep the weight off, I don't care how you do it. That had a profound impact on her. But the thing is, because Jamie's like, I hate to say this. I actually like looked forward to the treatment. Like I hate this sentence, but actually like looked forward to treatment because Larry was the only nice adult. He's really the only nice adult I could remember being a part of USA Gymnastics staff. Everyone else was saying, take the weight off. I don't care how. Your ankle doesn't really hurt and go fuck off. And Larry would like sneak them food and be really nice as a way to groom them. But she didn't know that yet. Yes. And like, that's the thing. Like we hear throughout that like the sexual abuse, of course, was awful. But like, let us not forget the emotional and physical abuse they suffered at the hands of Bella fucking Caroli and his garbage wife, Marta. I hate these people. Because now it's like, I have in my notes, I was like, Maggie describes a hellscape, if I'm being honest. We cut to this, like the national team (laughs) camp in Texas run by the Caroli is this like complete like nightmarish hellscape which yeah. Maggie describes yeah. and it was this very militant it was all based in fear and like Marta would walk out and they'd all go <gasps> and like gasp and go in a line and from tallest to shortest they trained seven hours a day they were publicly ranked on their performance just they were competing with each other they were competing with themselves it was just so horrible but then we hear from Maggie's mom you guys Maggie was what, 15 14 13 yeah. however old she was this camp is in Texas the parents are never allowed to go there they're never allowed to visit no. And the mom says, I could hardly ever talk to her when she was there because they didn't have cell phone reception. They don't have regular fucking landlines. Like, oh, of course they do. But it's in Marta's office and no one goes to Marta's office. Why? Why is this allowed? Why? Why is this allowed? Like, as a parent, I've said this before. Like, when Daisy was enrolling in gymnastics was when this shit was going down in 2016. And she was enrolling in a program where they were on the fence about whether or not they were going to let the parents come in and, like, be in the room with the kids during the gymnastics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, my daughter is three years old wearing a leotard. First of all, why are we putting three-year-olds in leotards? Why? Why are we sexualizing young girls like this? And you actually think, you crazy, crazy psycho nightmare, that I'm going to let you, stranger, who I've never met, be alone with my three-year-old daughter who cannot communicate to me if something bad happens to her. Right. Absolutely not. In a fucking leotard? Are you out of your mind? Shut down gymnastics. We don't need it. We're done with gymnastics. They're lucky you're not on the mat with her, tumbling right right <laughs> along with her. The somersaults right down there. I <laughs> they do have adult nights and I always wanted to do it. Oh, girl. Come on. Adult night gymnastics and water parks? Like, who are you? But, like, I imagine they serve Chardonnay and you get to just jump on the trampoline with your booze. Chardonnay? You're not, you're really not convincing me here. I want you and me to go to adult night at my daughter's gym. Only instead of the shard, if we can't agree on the wine, we'll do vodka and I don't want anyone else there. <laughs> And I want to be in control of the music. Is that okay? (laughs) 
There's just a lot of Tori Amos happening. What's going on in there? <laughs> just cornflake girl on a loop <laughs> over and over and over and over. Jillian, again. we've heard this song five times. Can we put on Indigo Girls? Shut up. This is the extended version. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, this is when Maggie tells us about the abuse that happens at the camp. And we're not going to get into what happened, but basically she goes into what they call the back room where she gets a massage and Larry touches her. He violates her, basically. Mm -hmm. And she, like, thinks it's weird but doesn't know. So she goes to another one of the gymnasts. Um, And I've never experienced anything like that. So I thought I'd ask Allie just because, I mean, we were really close friends. And also she was older, too, and has been to national team camps and has worked with him before. So I kind of just asked her, I was like, does he do this to you? Like, is this normal? And she said, yeah, like, he does it to me, too. And all of them are like, this is weird. This doesn't seem normal. Right, because the thing is, as athletes, and poor Maggie, she's 15. She's like, I've been dealing with physical therapy my whole life because I've been injured all the time. My dad is a doctor of physical therapy. So, like, I'm getting, like, very protective about this. But they're kind of like, because he's in such a prominent position there, they're kind of like, it does feel weird. But, like, what the hell do I know? I'm just a kid. Like, he's been doing this for 30 years and he must be, like, really important. Yeah. But they are kind of like, uh, yeah, it happens to all of us, but we don't like it. And they don't tell anybody. This woman, Sarah, like, one of the coaches overhears them talking about it. So Maggie's coach calls Maggie's mom and it's like Maggie's coach Sarah Jancy called me up and she said I want to let you know that I overheard from Maggie and another athlete that Larry Nasser was touching her funny and Maggie told her he was you know touching her um, private parts and I'm like what? And I said, well, we need to call the authorities. And she said, yeah, I'm going to call Rhonda Fang, who is in charge of the women's program right away. So she did. And the mom loses her fucking mind, as any mother would do. Now, I have to acknowledge here that I don't know what I don't know. Because if it were me, I'd be on the next fucking plane. I'd be burning that fucking place down. I'd be talking to, I'd be like at the newspaper. I'd be on every news program that would have me. Her mother doesn't do that. Her mother is told that basically the coach is going to take it up the chain of command. Right. Because the mom's like, we have to call the authorities like immediately, right? And yeah, the coach yeah. is like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk to the VP of the USA Gymnastics Women's Program because that's our policy. Yes. We will take care of this. Yeah. And so Maggie's mom was like, I got a call from Steve Penny the next day, like the president of the gymnastics, whatever the fuck. And she's like, he'd never, this guy never talked to me before ever. He calls to tell her. I hear you have a concern. I said, a concern? I have, this is, my daughter was molested we need to call the authorities. And he said, no, 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 don't worry about that. I will take care of that. USA Gymnastics will take care of calling the police. Fuck you. Yeah, she's like, nope, I wouldn't call it a concern. I am saying that we need to call the authorities right now. And Steve's like, no, 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 no. Again, don't worry about it. This is a white glove, like full service operation. We will call the police for you. But they like placate the mom by being like, we're going to get the FBI involved. You can't talk about it. We can't give you any information, but we're on top of it. And for some reason, Maggie is still allowed to go to gymnastics. Because the thing is like, she's going to these competitions because the goal is to go to the Olympics. She has... For 24 hours a day, their entire lives, they've missed school. You can't do anything fun when you're doing gymnastics. You're not even in school for a lot of the time. You're doing online school or homeschooling. So they've given up so much. And it's kind of like they don't want to believe that this guy is doing this to their kids. They don't want to imagine their kid in this horrible, horrible situation. And the Olympics. Like, we've worked so hard and put so much money in that. So that's kind of where their head is. So while Maggie is like with these people and going to all these championships and competitions, they're like, don't worry, we'll take care of Maggie. And Maggie's sort of like left in the hands of these people 
people who clearly don't care about her. I know. So the next person we meet is this woman, Jennifer Say. She's like a former gymnast and she's a writer. Also, I know her name is Jennifer Say, but I kind of wish we were talking about Jennifer Grey. I kind of just wish that Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing was a talking head in this. You know, that could go for everything. We could just, we could put that in any episode. <laughs> any and all episodes. We could make her the third co-host. She'd be great. Come on, Jennifer Grey. What are you doing? Come on, what are you doing? Everyone's at home. It's quarantine. Come hang. <laughs> you know you want to make a podcast anyway, girl. Carried a watermelon. So Jennifer Say, not Gray, says, you know, in other sports, the athletes are adults. And that's not true in gymnastics. And so they're so abused and mistreated starting at like 10. So by the time they are of age, they've been totally brainwashed that they've been gaslit for so long. Like your ankle doesn't really hurt. You're not really hungry. You're not really tired. So by the time the sexual abuse happens. We were also beaten down by that and made so obedient that when we knew that there was a sexual abuser in our midst, we would never say anything. We were just, we felt utterly powerless. You've been taught to doubt everything. You've been taught not to speak up. That's really the bottom line. So one thing to get through, because it's an important moment that we come back to later, this guy, Larry Nasser, they go on and on and on about how he's sexually assaulting these girls under the guise of giving them physical therapy. And Rachel, the original one with the waffle and the three kids and whatever, she is telling us about a time that she was on the examining table with her own mother in the room. And he does it again. And obviously I'm not going to describe what he did, but he sexually assaults her. And Rachel is like I'm looking over at my mother thinking you're gonna stop this right and she realizes he would position himself in between me and my mom Uh, but since she was so close I presumed that she was aware of what was going on I didn't know until months later uh, that she had no idea she couldn't see where his other hand was because he was intentionally blocking it and he has one hand doing actual physical therapy on her shoulder or whatever and one hand under a towel that her mother can't see this guy is a fucking monster. Right. So back to Maggie really quickly. 2015 Maggie has a huge year. She's like number two in the world behind Simone Biles. She's nailing everything but remember Maggie's the one that reported. Right. As far as we know nobody else from this time has reported. And the FBI still hasn't gotten in touch with her parents. Like, exactly. Like no one has contacted her parents about her case which is not a case but it should be a case. Right. Exactly. So 2015 is the year before the 2016 Olympics. So all of the stuff that Maggie's crushing that year they say over and over again. As of right now, I would say that unless something happens, both Maggie Nichols and Gabby Douglas, they are on the path to 2016. Maggie Nichols is from Little Canada. The graduate of Roosevelt High School is practically a shoe-in to be picked for Team USA next month at the Olympic trials. And then come 2016, mm-hmm. as retribution for speaking up, she doesn't make the Olympic team. Right. This girl has been working her entire life. She has given up everything to be on this Olympic team. She certainly qualified. And girls who didn't do as well as her got picked for the team. And that's it. Her Olympic dreams are crushed in that moment because she talked. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like, let's just shut her up. But also like that would make me scream louder Yeah, as the mom or whatever. Like, you can't just do this to my daughter. You can't just crush her dreams. Who do you think you are? Totally. But now we meet, you know who's not standing for goddamn any of this? <laughs> not just me and not just you, but Andrea Munford. Oh my God. She's on the Michigan State University Police Force. We see another interview with Rachel and Rachel says I will be filing a police report with the hope that the DA picks it up and presses charges for first degree sexual assault. 
So the next day, this detective lieutenant, Andrea Mumford, gets a call from the Michigan State University Police, and they're like, girl, you investigate sex crimes, right? She's like, yeah. Who, who am I getting? <laughs> who who, right. do, who I do I have to haul in by their goddamn collar? So they say, like, a, a young woman came and reported a crime from 16 years ago, saying that she was sexually abused by her doctor. Andrea's like, who's the doctor? And she says, Larry Nasser. Now, Andrea spills the fucking tea. This is so crazy. I had heard of him from a 2014 investigation where another survivor had reported that he had sexually assaulted her during medical treatment. But the case was presented to the prosecutor's office and they declined to, to charge it at that time. Now, think about that for a second. Maggie made her report in 2015. We are now starting to learn that there are reports against this guy going back. We're going to learn all the way back to the 90s. That's nice. Yeah. That's really great. So, Andrea hauls Larry Nasser in. You guys, get the fucking popcorn. We have the video of his interrogation, and it is amazing. He's trying to be so charming and accommodating. That's what they do. And she's like, oh, yeah. you know, thanks for coming in so quickly. And she's like, doing it right back to him, which is great. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, totally yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's like, look you're not under arrest you can leave whenever you want we're just gonna have a little conversation Larry just me and you and this camera don't worry about it <laughs> we're just gonna have a nice little chat about sexual abuse you you love to talk about that don't you girl and he's like kinda yeah so mm-hmm. Andrea asks him how long have you been doing this <clears throat> throat clear technique and she yeah. asks him about the 2014 investigation because apparently after that investigation even though they didn't press charges or move forward with the case there were some new rules put in place like for him which is bananas because like so in order to do this quote exam where he is literally penetrating these girls yeah. he needs to get informed consent and there needs to be another medical person in the room and he has to be wearing <sighs> gloves that is the grossest fucking part of this whole thing to me that's the one that's like most insulting to my morals and sensibility so fucking gross so she's asking him she's like interesting like what's up with these new rules and i love this because i'm like i would be like i know like leaping at him launching myself across the room and she (laughs) is like because you know this must be making her her blood must be at a zillion degrees like she must be so furious and she's like um have you had any instances where there hasn't been anyone in the room for an exam there's, there's, there there would be some, some on occasion, of course. Okay. You know what I mean? That just is the way that with medicine is now, it's difficult. You know, you can't follow the rules every time. Because we're hearing from girls, he wasn't wearing gloves. They no. just told him he had to. So yeah. she asks him, like, so is there any reason for you to be penetrating these girls, like, during this procedure? And he's like, oh, sure. You know, if you have to fix, like, a coccyx or, you guys, that's your tailbone. He's lying yeah. to her. He's yes. lying to her, trying to throw, like, medical stuff out. And he's gaslighting her so hard because he's trying to make it sound like a standard procedure and then he's like he would talk about um, medical terminology and then he would say oh you don't need to know all that or you won't understand all that the sacral tubers like there's it runs from the pubic symphysis the falciform process it runs it's like the pelvic floor okay Okay. you won't understand that that stuff so don't worry about it you won't you won't understand it's way too medical this is a man's job it's a man's world don't worry about the procedure you literally hear him say you wouldn't understand understand. and then he tries to reframe the whole argument to blame Rachel he's like I really don't understand if these girls felt uncomfortable why didn't they say something to me in the moment he is asking I mean he knows the answer to the question but he's asking this woman why why is this young girl that I'm sexually assaulting not asking me about it in the moment? Right. And, and like, 
she's just she looks at us and she's like, yeah. is this bitch trying to victim blame? <laughs> Hold know. tight. Not on my watch. <laughs> so when he's like, you don't have to know all the details. You're just like some dumb, stupid woman. Don't worry about the details. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't need to know the details, Larry, because I know that it's completely inappropriate and not like legal. And to percent. fix a tailbone, you do not have to penetrate a girl. Fuck off. Right. Basically is what she said. I don't have the transcript in front of me, but that's the vibe. And then, oh God, you guys, this is so fucking gross. Trigger warning. She's asking him if he ever gets aroused during the procedures. They go back and forth over why men get erections. He's literally telling this like sex crime investigator, well, you know, guys just get boners sometimes. It's just a thing that happens during medical procedures. <laughs> and that's when Andrew is like, okay, I think we're done here. I think uh, I just don't, like, this is not productive anymore. Like, nothing. No. I'm furious. I'm not showing it yet, but like, I'm going to get you eventually. And she's like okay so great so just like last time there will be an investigation because you're a piece of shit (laughs) shall we everyone like boys let's go and she describes him throughout she's like and the more i continued asking him about these specifics he got very nervous he was sweating he was stuttering and we see it he's like he's like leaning over trying to like hide his face and rubbing his face and he he goes from like oh hey how you doing uh you can call me lar or whatever to like completely like dripping with sweat and basically trying to tell her that she's a dumb woman she doesn't understand boners like i can't i can't handle it so suddenly we're like in the car with Andrea and we're driving through a neighborhood and I was like, oh God, what kind of like fucking murder house are you going to take us to? Like, <laughs> oh what's going on, girl? Where are we going? Why are we in your car? But she tells us like... And we had gotten information from some victims that reported he was doing medical treatments in the basement of his home. And during that time, he was sexually abusing them. And based on that information, we were able to get search warrants for his house. You guys, oh my God, they go to his house. They're like, they're search warranting the house up and down. And one of the investigators is like, girl, the trash is still here. And I'm like, where's Billy Jensen? <laughs> I'll be gone in the dark. He loves, Billy Jensen and Paul Holes, they love a full trash can outside a piece of shit's house. It's their favorite thing. Makes their job so easy. They love a full trash can. But I don't know what Andrea says. She's like, we took the trash. We call it a trash and grab or whatever. Yeah, yeah. A tra- like a, a trash and find. A trash and look. So we did what's called a trash pull. You guys, if you are going to be a monster, like, don't be so fucking bad at it. They find hard drives that he threw away with his name and address written on them in Sharpie. I might as well have his social security number and a DNA sample on there. What are you thinking? Just write hard disk full of kitty porn because that's what it fucking is. I know. I know. I know. They find like 37,000 images. I mean, you guys, I literally had to like, take my headphones off and not puke yeah. when I heard that. Right. 37,000 images of child pornography. Ugh. And it's like, I'm so glad you got caught. Please don't misunderstand me. But like, you're <laughs> going to just take a chance and put it in the garbage and leave it out for the garbage guy? And label it? Who labels a hard drive <laughs> like that? So he's finally arrested. God, it took them decades to do. And we get to see it. We actually see this bitch in handcuffs at the police station. It's amazing. He looks real uncomfortable, girl. <laughs> oh, too bad. I don't give a shit. Good. Yeah. So now, in our team of incensed people enraged, we now yeah. have Angela the lawyer. Yeah. She says, Rachel tells us that Angela was like, oh, hundreds of women are coming forward. I'm going to take every single goddamn case. And she did. Yeah. She took all of them. And I'm going to fight for all of them, she says. It's unbelievable. And she's like, I want the highest sentence possible. Yeah, what she's saying is that, like, we have to prosecute the crimes that will get him the highest life sentence. Right. Which means not everybody is going to technically 
have their day in court. Right. So they prosecute like the ones of like the under 13 because that gets you like 60 years or whatever. And so they prosecute it. And Angela, the prosecutor, is so amazing because. But we also wanted victim buy in. Like we wanted them, all 125 if possible, to be okay with this plea. So essential to any plea agreement was that he had to agree to allow all of the victims, if they chose, to give an impact statement. And it is fucking amazing. And like Angela tells us, she wants buy-in from all of the survivors. She wants them all to understand and be satisfied with the course of action she's taking. It's like, it's just women taking care of women, taking care of women. Yeah. It is fucking amazing. It's so the last episode of All Be Gone in the Dark. It's unbelievable. Oh my God. Look, there are 125 women who do this. 125 yes. Yes. women got up there and took the power back, gave themselves voices, and looked at him or even in the same room. I don't care. You don't have to make eye contact you were there in that room and you're telling your story yes yeah. and he had to sit there and listen and finally Jamie our friend Jamie from the beginning she was like I was at the Olympics and I wasn't proud because I was being abused in every sense of the word being able to say you have no power over me anymore I can finally say I'm, I am proud to be an Olympian it's been so hard to be proud of anything so to even say that for me is like okay I think getting a little better. I feel proud of something. It's amazing. And then like the very last, oh God, this made me cry so hard. The last person to give the impact statement was Rachel. Yep. Because we're all here because of Rachel. We're yeah. here because Rachel came forward and told the story and demanded justice. And so Rachel gives her impact statement. She's like introduced by the prosecutor. I am so honored to let you know that the next person you will hear from is Rachel Denholm. And she gives her impact statement. So I ask, how much priority should be placed on communicating that the fullest weight of the law will be used to protect another innocent child from the soul-shattering devastation that sexual assault brings? I submit to you that these children are worth everything, worth every protection the law can offer worth the maximum sentence. And then Rachel gets a standing ovation in court. It yep. is unbelievable. And everyone is saying, I was thinking before anyone said it, you are like in the legal system and you were in the room that day. This must have been an incredible day. And then Manley. John. Yeah, John Manley, like the, the attorney. He's like. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen as a lawyer. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. Getting that kind of justice for these women, it was so, so empowering. After like, you know, an hour and 40 minutes of like the hardest documentary that I've watched. Yeah, it was really tough. And then like Nasser is in prison or whatever, but like we get this guy, that Steve Penny guy who was the president of this thing who just kept telling Maggie's mom, don't worry about it, we'll call the FBI for you. He has to go testify in front of the Senate. And it's, you know, it's enraging because he like takes the fifth, he won't answer any questions. Ugh. All the athletes are there, but he he is like being just publicly shamed by these senators. And then when they finally had it with him saying that he's taking his Fifth Amendment privilege, they're like, Mr. Penny, you're excused. It is silence in the room. And he goes to stand up to leave. He's limping like fucking Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, or like Robert Durr. Stop limping. I don't, totally. and if you are, great. As he's walking out, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's totally silent. And you just hear someone go, Shame! Shame. Shame. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then he gets to the outside and one of our reporters who we love from the Indie Star is like, what would you like to say to the women that were abused while you were silent? Anything to say to the survivors? Like, we're going to 
make you deal with this, you asshole. What do you think? You're just going to sit there and plead the fifth? No. No, and then the, we find out that he, like, gets arrested. He, like, flees to a cabin in Tennessee, and they have to send the U.S. Marshals <laughs> to get him, but they get him, girl. They, they fucking get, get the they guy. Get they get him. And it ends with, like, Maggie, after not making it to the Olympics and after all of this, she yeah. retires from Olympic contention. Right. So she can go to the NCAA, yes. which is, like, the college sports league, and she goes to, like, the University of, of Oklahoma to be on their gymnastics team, and her mom is like... I think that it was a huge awakening for her because all of a sudden she gets there, they're nice to her, gymnastics is fun, the coaches are super good, oh, the healthcare providers are really, really good. It's not like it was when she was on the elite team. She loves it. For the first time in her life, she loves it. She's obviously the best athlete in all of the NCAA, but like we learned that for like 2018 and 2019, she's like the number one athlete. She wins every single event. Everyone's nice to her. It's not I the know. same thing as the elite and also elite, whatever. So that Maggie's living her best life. All these women are like just finally like loving themselves and finally yeah. uh, took the power back. That stupid fucking ranch got shut down in 2018. Very late as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. This happened in 2016. It still existed for two years. And now 500 survivors have come forward. Nine Olympians. But oh, everyone hold tight because the U.S. Department of Justice is apparently investigating this. Great. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> you guys we did athlete a that was a really hard one for me to watch girl that was really hard it was really it was really tough but you know these women need voices and they're all superheroes so happy to help just get this everyone should know about this like this is so gross i totally agree it's a great documentary you guys yeah we don't always love the docs we cover this one we love go watch it um if you're looking for more laughs if you need to like shake this off and get a little palate (laughs) cleanser from back in the days of yore go join the patreon you guys over 150 full bonus episodes to download and binge right the second covering every series you want us to cover on like Netflix, Hulu, Oxygen, ID. They're all there. Go check it out. Um, Girl, after Unsolved Mysteries, what are we doing Wednesday of next week? Yeah, we are doing Death in the Mansion on Oxygen. It's a two-parter, so it's one of those where we're going to do like one part one week. And- oh, girl, I-, I hate to burst here, but it's four episodes. We're doing two and two. Two and two. <laughs> It's a lot. I know nothing about this case. Have you watched it? I've watched it all. Uh, there we some familiar faces. I'll say that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, stay tuned for the trailer for Death in the Mansion, our hilarious and ridiculous outtakes. Mm-hmm. I'm loving you, girl. Loving you. This was a little therapeutic, I got to say. It was nice to get some of that anger out, you know? I had a hard day watching it, but I got to tell you, I feel better. I feel better. Good, good, yeah. good. Hopefully, our listeners feel the same way. We love you guys. We're here for you. We love you guys. We love you. All right, bye. Bye. Detectives in Southern California are stumped by the discovery of a woman's body at her boyfriend's mansion. 32-year-old Rebecca Zahal was found dead hanging in the home of her 54-year-old boyfriend, pharmaceutical tycoon Jonah Shacknai. She was found naked, hands tied behind her back, her ankles tied together, the t-shirt stuffed in her mouth. Where have you ever heard of a case like this? People said, how would she do that to herself? Why would she do that to herself? Her death came just days after her boyfriend's six-year-old son fell down the stairs and suffered fatal injuries while she was caring for him. And once they put out the address, we all stopped. We figured, okay, we know what this is. Rebecca had hung herself. Did she commit suicide because she felt responsible for Max's death? Or was this a murder? We have to look past the unusual appearance of the death and focus on the facts and the evidence. Rebecca's a house manner of death was suicide. What? No way. Somebody killed my sister. 
So you were like you didn't watch like the gymnastics in the Olympics. <laughs> no, girl. <laughs> no. You no. were too busy going to Madonna concerts when you were ten. I was much younger going to that Madonna concert. Just ask my dad. He he's more traumatized by it. I mean, she made the Russians cry. I know. <laughs> I mean, she did that, which is really all they wanted. Those twelve-year-old girls were like, you know, what we're gonna do in twenty years, we're gonna hack that fucking election. That's what. We're yeah, gonna that's do. what we're gonna do. And God damn it! Look what happened now. Great. Can you feel how tired? I am? Yes, I can. The online torture device. What did you call it? That is online school. Try being a teacher. I know. Oh Teachers, God. we love you. <laughs> the NAACP. No, not the NAACP. The NCAA. Yes. Amazon sold out of podcast microphones, girl. Can you believe the it? The competition is coming for us. They okay. sold out. Every, everyone can make a podcast for two <laughs> weeks, and then they realize you got to do put in a little more work. <laughs>